Welcome to the Pathways Senior Care Advisors Coffee and Conversation Podcast. We are a team of senior care planning professionals who partner with individuals and their families who are considering senior care living options. At Pathways, it is our mission to provide guidance to high-quality senior care that results in a safe and happy life for our clients. The goal of this podcast is to provide our clients and potential clients with relative information and interviews with subject matter experts focused on issues key to preparing for senior living. We hope you enjoy this episode of Coffee and Conversation. Good morning. This is Stacy Carter, and thank you guys for joining us again. This is our sixth Coffee and Conversation in a series that we are doing for everyone um, because we've, as a as a um, owner of Pathway Senior Care Advisors, I have found that so many people just don't know what to do to prepare for the later years in life. And people are actually living longer and still don't have a plan. And then something like a pandemic hits and sometimes those plans even change. So what we've done is put together a series of topics that can help you with that, whether you're just in planning mode or whether you do get in that crisis mode. So. What I want to do um, is turn it over to Mary Coron to talk a little bit about Pathways and introduce our uh, guest speaker for today. Mary. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, we're really privileged to have a, a, a great speaker with us this morning uh, on a topic that's, that's very important because there are lots of uh, facets to making the correct decisions about Social Security. You know, wish that it would be uh, so simple that you just signed up and that was it, but that's that's not the case. So um, this morning we have with us Kara Andrus. She is um, a vice president of financial and estate planning with Baird Financial Planning. Uh, it's that we up until recently very lovingly called Heater Lions here in Bowling Green. Uh, so, uh, but but Baird is a a, a wonderful company and uh, I think has added a new dimension. Don't you, Kara? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great company um, to work for. I think we all miss the Hilliard Lions name, but um, Baird has been a great transition. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's start talking about Social Security a little bit and I guess maybe begin with what are the eligibility requirements for Social Security? Yeah, so as soon as someone starts working and paying taxes towards their Social Security, they start earning what's called credits. And you have to have 40 credits to be eligible or fully insured under Social Security. Um, you can only earn four credits every year. Um, so in 2020, if you make $1,410, you're going to earn one credit. If you earn $5,640, you're going to get those four full credits for the year of 2020. So as soon as you accumulate those 40 credits, you are considered fully insured under Social Security. Okay, well then how is the benefit determined? So the benefit is determined on your lifetime earnings history. Um, the 35 highest paid years on your record are used in your calculation. Um, so from a planning perspective, if I can put my uh, financial planner hat on for, for a minute, um, one of the recommendations that I make to the clients that I work with is making sure that you take a look at your social security statement every year and make sure that your earnings are be being reported correctly because that is what is going to calculate your social security benefit. Um, if you're age 60 or younger, you actually won't receive um, that 
paper statement in the mail anymore. So you will have to create an account with the Social Security Administration um, by going to www.ssa.gov and you'll create an account and you'll be able to pull your Social Security statement right there. Um, if you're age 60 and older and you have not created an online account, you will receive a paper statement and you'll receive that statement um, about three months before your birthday um, every year. I do recommend creating that online account if you can, because one of the nice features is that every year you'll receive a reminder that says, hey, your social security statement has been updated. Take a look, make sure your earnings have been reported correctly. So again, make sure you look at that statement and, and look at those earnings and make sure that those are, those are accurate. Yeah, I'll put an exclamation point on that. I went from one job to another Mm -hmm. And the, the second job was higher paying than the first one. And they just kept reporting the same pay level. So I had to talk to them and get it changed. So that's a really, really important recommendation. Mm -hmm. um, when can a worker start receiving Social Security benefits? So you receive your full benefit, 100% um, of that, that full benefit, once you hit what's called your full retirement age. Um, your full retirement age is determined um, on your year of birth. So if you were born between 1943 and 1954, your full retirement age is 66. If you were born in the years between 1955 and 1959, it's going to be somewhere between 66 and two months and 66 and 10 months with ultimately anyone born after 1960, your full retirement age currently is, is 67. Now you can claim benefits as early as age 62. However, if you claim benefits early, you are choosing to receive a reduced amount. Um, so if your full retirement age is 66 and you decide to claim that benefit early, then your um, benefit is gonna be reduced by 25%. If your full retirement age is 67 and you claim at age 62, then your benefit is gonna be a 30% um, reduction. On the flip side, you can wait as late as age 70 to claim your social security benefit. And there's actually a pretty nice incentive um, to delay your social security benefit to age 70 past that full retirement age amount. So if you wait past that age 66 or age 67 um, uh, age, then you actually receive an 8% increase in your benefit every year. So again, if you wait until you're age 70, that could mean increased income of anywhere between 24% and 32% for the rest of your life. Um, so if you expect a long life expectancy, that can be a pretty significant difference um, in the income that you receive from Social Security. So anywhere between 62 and 70 is the window for, for claiming Social Security. Okay, then who will benefit from a retiree's work history? Yeah, so not only, you know, it's not just yourself that could potentially um, benefit from your work history or, or your earnings history. So your spouse could um, receive what's called a spousal benefit. A divorced spouse could receive benefits on your record. Um, a survivor, so if you, if you pass away and you have a surviving spouse or if you have a surviving ex-spouse, they could also um, claim on your record. And then if you happen to retire um, and you have children at home, um, children can also benefit from, from your work record as well. Yeah, so there's 
lots of different claiming strategies and different types of applications that can that can be made. Well, t tell us more about the strategies for those different situations. Okay, so um, we'll start with uh, spousal benefits because um, that's honestly from a planning perspective, I spend a lot of time talking to um, married couples about different claiming strategies. Because um, for a married couple, it's really important that you look at both um, work histories, both both statements. Um, so a spousal benefit is the equivalent of 50% of your spouse's full retirement age amount. So you could receive up to 50% of your spouse's full retirement age amount. Now you can't receive both. You're going to receive the higher of the two. So you're either going to receive your own benefit if it's higher, or when you go to make that claim, if 50% of your spouse's benefit is higher, you're going to receive that spousal benefit. So it really depends on which one is higher, whether your benefit or 50% of your spouse's. A couple of things there. So one is um, your spouse has to have claimed and started receiving their benefit for you to be able to claim a spousal benefit. So if they haven't turned their social security on yet, you can't file a spousal benefit. Um, and then the other um, requirement is that you have to have been married for at least a year um, to be able to be eligible for, for a spousal benefit. And you can, just like your own record, you can choose to claim spousal benefits as early as age 62. Um, but again, if you, if you choose to claim that spousal benefit at age 62, then you're not gonna receive 50%, you're gonna receive a reduced amount um, due to claiming early. Thank you, that's great information. Um, so if, what is the impact if you keep working while receiving benefits? Yeah, so that is definitely um, something to consider. Um, so if you decide to turn on your Social Security at age 62 and you're still working, the benefit that you receive could be impacted. Um, and something called an earnings limit is, is put into place. So if you claim at age 62 and you make more than the earnings limit, so in 2020, that earnings limit is $18,240. So if you make above that amount, $1 for every $2 above that amount is gonna be withheld. Um, so for example, let's say that you make $5,000 above that $18,000 limit and you claimed at age 62, Social Security is gonna withhold $2,500 worth of your benefit <clears throat> before they um, turn on your claim for that year. Oh wow, and then will my Social Security benefits be taxed? So yes, social security benefits can be, can be considered taxable. <clears throat> um, so, and that's all based on what your modified adjusted gross income is. So if you take a look at your tax return um, and uh, look at the line item that says adjusted gross income, and then if you have any tax-free income on that tax return, you'll wanna add that back in. And so if that number for a married couple is above 44,000, then 85% of your social security will be part of your taxable income. If it's between 34,000 and 44,000, up to 50% of your social security can be taxable. Um, no more than 85% is gonna be taxable. So that's the absolute most um, of your social security that will be part of your taxable income, but it's all based on what your modified adjusted gross income is. Um, and that modified, <clears throat> excuse me, that modified adjusted gross income includes pensions, investment income, 
um, capital gains, um, IRA distribution. So basically thinking about all your income sources. For a lot of married couples, you get to that $44,000 um, target pretty quickly. Um, so for most of the clients that I work with, somewhere between 50% and 85% of their social security is part of their taxable income. Wow, so you mentioned pension. How does that impact your, my social security benefit? Yeah, so your pension income, you know, the type of pension it is really depends on whether it's gonna impact your social security or not. So if you're receiving a pension from a corporation, or a public company that security taxes on. So your um, benefit will not be impacted um, by that pension. Now, if you had um, pension income for wages that you did not pay social security taxes on, so typically that's gonna be government agencies, teachers, um, those are the most common ones that I see. Um, your pension could impact what your social security benefit is. The most it could impact it is the equivalent of 50% of your pension. So it's not going to fully impact your benefit. Um, but again, if you had employment from um, somewhere where you did not pay Social Security um, taxes, then it could impact what, you, what the benefit is that you receive. Um, if by chance you had both a work history where you paid Social Security taxes as well as a work history in which you didn't, if you had 30 years of history of paying social security taxes, then your pension may not affect your social security at all. So it just really depends on um, how much pension income you have and how much work history you have on the, where you paid social security taxes. Um, and that's called the windfall elimination provision. So really it keeps you from double dipping um, for lack of, lack of better description. Okay. Well, Gosh, this this is complicated, and uh, I guess we need to talk about what should a retiree consider when they're trying to make a decision about when to file for Social Security. Yeah, so you know, there's there's four main things that I really take a look at um, when I'm helping clients kind of guide that decision on on when to claim Social Security. One of those is, are you going to continue working? Um, especially if you're before that full retirement age amount. So if you're claiming early between that 62 and potentially age 67, um, you know, are your earnings going to be above that earnings limit? Because, I mean, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to turn on Social Security if ultimately they're just going to hold all of your checks. So at that point, you've turned on an income stream that you're not even going to receive. So if you're going to continue working and you're retiring early, uh, or you're trying to claim that Social Security early, think about that earnings limit. The other thing to really think about is um, your health and, and family history, um, kind of a, an idea on longevity, right? So the longer that you anticipate living, the better off you're going to be, the longer you wait to turn on that income stream. Um, you know, if you are in relatively poor health or you look at you know, longevity on your side of the family, um, you may wanna kick on that income um, early potentially. Um, so you may have heard people talk about break-even points, um, you know, between claiming early versus full retirement age or full retirement age versus age 70. Um, the break-even age for most of the calculations that I've done 
for claiming early versus full retirement age is in your late 70s. The break-even point for claiming at full retirement age versus age 70 is somewhere in your early 80s, usually around 80, 81, 82 maybe at the latest. So if you look at your health and you look at your family history and you really feel like there's a high probability that you're going to live past that late 70s to early 80s um, mark, then it could make sense to delay your Social Security as long as long as possible. The other thing I think to go ahead. The third point I think to really consider is um, are other people eligible to claim on your record? And this becomes especially true for a married couple because your decision on when you file for benefits could impact your spouse, right? Um, so if I chose to claim my social security early at age 62 and my spouse didn't really have much of a work record, um, you know, let's say my husband stayed home with the kids and didn't pay into social security the way that I had, um, the fact that I claimed early, if something happened to me, he's going to receive a permanently reduced benefit for the rest of his life as well. But if I had chosen to wait to turn on my Social Security um, till that later date and something happened to me, he's going to bump up to that higher amount and he's going to receive that higher amount for the rest of his life. So, you know, your, your, the decision that you make on Social Security could very well impact the benefit um, that, your, that your family members um, so kind of looking at and can for a married couple um, is very important. Yeah, the, the, uh, so you make that decision based on all the things you just talked about and something changes. Can you alter your decision about filing for Social Security benefits? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways to alter, alter your decision. Um, so one way is to withdraw your claim, but there's some rules around this. So you have to make that withdrawal within a year of your first check. Um, so if it's past a year, if you've been receiving social security for longer than a, than a year, you can't withdraw your application. The other caveat there is you have to pay back all of the benefits that you had received up until that point. The other option is you can actually suspend your application once you reached full retirement age. So let's say at age 62, you decided to turn on your social security um, income stream, your social security benefit. You hit full retirement age, you're somewhere between age 66 and 67. For whatever reason, you don't really need the income anymore or you know, maybe claiming early you decided wasn't the best decision. You can actually file an application to suspend your benefit at that full retirement age. Um, and at that point, you would start receiving those delayed retirement credits. So you'd start receiving that 8% increase in your benefit every year. Now, if you turn off your Social Security, if you suspend your Social Security at full retirement age, and let's say your spouse was drawing a spousal benefit, if you suspend their, your benefit, that spousal benefit is also going to be turned off. So if anyone is claiming on your record and you suspend that benefit, their benefit is also going to go away, um, go away as well. So there are a couple of options. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to turn off Social Security than it is to turn it on. This has been great information, Kara. We really appreciate it. Uh, are there any questions? I have a question. Yeah. Um, 
You talked about ex-spouses being able to draw on their record. Is there a requirement on length of the marriage or time since they divorced on that? Yes. Yeah, so you have to have been married for at least 10 years to your ex-spouse to be able to, to claim um, a divorce spousal benefit. And it would be the same as the spousal benefit. So the most that you would receive is 50% of your ex-spouse's benefit. And again, they're gonna look at both records. They're gonna look at both your record as well as the ex-spouse's record, and you're gonna get the higher of the two. Um, the other difference that I think is worth mentioning is um, you know, for spousal benefits, your spouse has to be claiming and receiving a benefit for you to get a spousal benefit. If you're divorced, your ex-spouse actually does not have to have claimed and started receiving his or her benefit. They just have to be eligible for social security. So meaning that they have to have those 40 credits and they would have to be at least age 62. So they don't have to be receiving a benefit for you to be able to, to receive a divorce spousal benefit. So that's a little bit unique difference between um, the spousal benefit and, and a divorce spousal benefit. One other thing I just thought of, is there something still um, about a widow and a blackout period? I'm trying to think of that something about age 60, is that still in force? Yeah, so from a survivor benefit standpoint, um, unlike your own benefit where you have to wait till age 62, a survivor benefit could be turned on as early as age 60. Um, and another unique planning feature with a survivor benefit is you can actually choose between the two records, okay? So let's say your spouse passes away and you're age 60, you could actually turn on your survivor benefit at age 60 and let your own benefit continue to grow. And then you could switch to your own record once it you know, reached that higher amount, um, you know, either that full retirement age or age 70. So there are some, some claiming strategies there for, for a, spouse, a surviving spouse that are unique, that are kind of a unique situation. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Kara. Obviously, Social Security is something that uh, is very, a very important piece of people being able to get the care that they want later on in life. Uh, certainly, it's, it's a piece. There are many others. Uh, Social Security rarely pays for all of the care a person needs. Uh, but if you've, if you've made the right decisions and, and used the right strategies, it certainly can be very helpful. So we really appreciate you uh, being with us this morning, Kara Endress with Baird Financial Planning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pathways Senior Care Advisors Coffee and Conversation Podcast. If you have additional questions about today's topic or would like to learn more on how Pathways Senior Care Advisors can help you or your loved one find high-quality senior care, visit us online at pathwayssca.com or call 270-901-1878.